0: Welcome to the NLCC Lancaster Podcast. The following message is titled, Connected or Disconnected? That is the question. And was spoken by Pastor Gary Keller. We hope and pray this message blesses your life. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit us at nlcclancaster.com. Colossians chapter 3, verse number 2. Set your affection on things above, not on the things of the earth. Hallelujah. What an appropriate scripture for today, for our society, our community, our church, our families. Set your affection on things above. Above, Never forget that it's really not about here and now. It's about then and there. Because we're headed somewhere. We're going to a better place. And so we set our affection on things above, not on the things of the earth. I know that you have heard this title now for the third time but I'm going to share with you a different aspect of connected or disconnected. That is the question and you may be seated. Over the past few services, I have asked you the question, are you connected with the Lord Jesus Christ? And from that question, I took you to Old and New Testaments and we looked into the Word of God to find those that when they were connected, God blessed them and strengthened them. And some, when they were disconnected, we know that they missed out on what God had ordained for them to have. But when you study the Word of God, it becomes evident that from both Testaments, there were those connected to the Lord God, and when they were, they walked in victory. So, my question today is not, are you connected? It is, how do we connect with the Lord Jesus Christ in this hour? So, the question is not, are we, but it is, how? How do we connect with Him? I believe the answer can be found in a very straightforward insight that Paul shared with a young minister by the name of Timothy when he penned these words in 1 Timothy 2.1. I exhort therefore, Timothy, I exhort you. I encourage you. I implore you. I want you to buy into this. I exhort. I, extore, I, I I believe that, that I can speak to you from a straightforward voice and say that I exhort you that first of all, the very first thing that you must do is have supplications and prayers and intercessions and giving of thanks that it might be made for all men. Paul did not say, if you study this passage out carefully, Paul did not say, first of all, sing. Although I thank God for the singing we enjoyed and the worship that we had this morning, and it led us into the presence of God. Paul did not say, first of all, play an instrument, or preach, or counsel. He didn't say, first of all, testify. did not say, first of all, worship, witness, shout, dance. No, this is what he said. First of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. Paul made it clear to a young preacher, if you are going to be connected with God, you must pray you must pray he made it clear that prayer must be made by all saints first of all intercede that simply means negotiate on behalf of those who are in need it's all in this one verse first of all supplicate which indicates that the church is to beseech God or implore that the powers of heaven would touch those on this earth. And then he said, first of all, give thanks. And Jesus Christ, our example, I would submit to you today that Jesus Christ was a man of prayer. He was God manifested in the flesh. We know that in the Old Testament, he was The creator we know in the new testament he was jesus christ we know today he is the holy ghost in our hearts and the beauty of our god as i have shared many times is he does not have sympathy for us which means i feel sorry for you but he has empathy which means i know exactly what you're going through because i have gone through it And our God, this eternal spirit, no man hath seen God nor can see God, for God is a spirit, and no man has ever seen the spirit of God, according to your Bible. But our eternal God robed himself in flesh, came to this earth... Born in Bethlehem, died on Golgotha's hill, was buried in a borrowed sepulcher, rose again, and ascended up into the heavens. In the 33 and a half years that he was here, he was both man and God. He was God manifested in the flesh. The Holy Ghost overshadowed the Virgin Mary, and that which was conceived in her of the spirit and of her flesh was Jesus Christ, or God manifested in the flesh. And the flesh side of him the Mary side of him prayed Christ Jesus the man prayed to the spirit and that's where we find many times he is praying when you see Jesus in your New Testament praying always understand that it's the Mary side of him the side of him that got sleepy, that was hungry, that was thirsty. The, the, the merry side of him that took on stripes on his back, that that had a spear put in his side. That Jesus that we love so much. God didn't die on Calvary. The flesh died on Calvary. God is a spirit. And so when we find Jesus praying, always remember this. It is God. The man, Christ Jesus, praying to the eternal spirit. And so Jesus, the man, is our example. He was a man of prayer. Jesus understood the importance of prayer. Therefore, you find him in his earthly ministry praying at every junction of his life. There are 17 references to Jesus' prayer life in the writings of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Jesus prayed often. He prayed. It's the man, the man that was hungry, the man that was thirsty, the flesh side of him. Prayed early in the morning. Prayed late at night. Sometimes Jesus prayed all night long. He prayed to minister to others. He prayed before he performed miracles. He prayed for himself. As well as those around him he prayed at the beginning of his ministry in Luke chapter 3 and he prayed at the end of his ministry on the cross in Luke chapter 23 he is our perfect example of why we should pray so the question is how can I connect with the Lord Jesus Christ in this house of worship this morning. And I would say to you, we must follow the example of our leader, the Lord Jesus Christ. There is no... No other message that is as important as this message today. We must pray. And I will tell you at the outset of this exhortation. That if the enemy of your soul. The one that brings fear and doubt and unbelief. The one that would challenge your very walk with God. The enemy of your soul. If he was given the right to steal and take from you one thing it would be your prayer life because he understands that if you pray you're going to connect to him. And if you connect to him, he's going to speak to you. And if you hear his voice speak to you and obey the command of God, he's going to give you authority and power over the enemy of your soul. No wonder the enemy comes against your prayer life first and foremost because he understands how powerful prayer really is. And back to our text today, set your affection on things above hallelujah and not on the things of this earth why should we set and that word set means to put to place, to secure, to establish. We can read it this way. Establish your affections. Place your affections. Secure your affections on things above and not on the things of the earth. Why is it so important that we do that? Because it is your spiritual right that the enemy would like to take away from you today. It is your spiritual right Eight. To pray and connect with heaven. And when you do, God's going to bless you. Can I preach to you today from the heart of a pastor? Can I preach to you today the importance of you and I not allowing anything, anybody, any circumstance to take us away from our connection with God through the power of prayer? Because when we pray, God moves. When we pray, mountains are removed. When we pray, God heals. When we pray, God delivers. When we pray, things happen. If we don't pray, nothing's going to happen. But in the name of Jesus, he said, whatever you bind on earth is going to be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth, we must pray. Somebody say it in your heart, in your spirit. I must pray. I must pray for my family. I must pray for my life. I must pray for the church. I must pray for my community. I must pray for the world around us. We must be a church of prayer because our great example, Jesus taught us to pray. It's your spiritual right. There's a lot of things being said today about rights. Hallelujah. And by the way, on your way out, you can pick up some Political information that is non bias. It gives you Democrat, Republican, independent stuff. It's out there. I encourage you to take some of that information with you today. This is not a political statement. I don't bring political things to the pulpit, but we do have to pray for our nation. And can I tell you right now that the enemy of our soul would like to take the rights that we have away from us and we're not going to give up our rights as the church of the living God. God instituted... The church. God instituted and orchestrated the church, hallelujah, and put it into existence 2,000 years ago, and it's still in existence today. And come what may, around this world, the church will be here until Jesus takes it away. And you have a spiritual right. Even those behind what we used to call the Iron Curtain, even those in communist countries, hallelujah, can I tell you that they have a right, maybe not by their government, but they have a right, hallelujah, to pray, and sometimes they have to pray in secret. But can I tell you that it's been released from the United Pentecostal Church that there are more people by the thousands in China right now that repent of their sins, are baptized in secret in the name of Jesus, and filled with the Holy Ghost, and the UPC had nothing to do with it. God sent the Word in there. I'm just telling you what, God's gonna have a church. It doesn't matter what governments do. It doesn't matter what leaders do. God's going to have an apostolic church that's got rights. Rights to believe. Rights to say. Doesn't matter if they take your rights away. Out from underneath the oppression and the darkness of this world. The church will always be the church. If we will pray. If we will pray. If we will pray. (laughs) Hallelujah. I'm going to make a couple of statements here. I have a right to be saved. Therefore, I'm going to set my affections on him. I have a right to be healed. Therefore, I'm going to set my affections on Jesus Christ the healer. I have a right to be blessed. Therefore, I'm going to set my affections on the one that knows how to bless. I have a right to be delivered from sin. Therefore, I'm going to set my affections on him until he delivers me. I have the right to be empowered by the Holy Ghost and fire. Therefore, I'm going to set my affections on him until he. He empowers me. What are you saying, preacher? I'm saying set your affection on things above and not on the things of this world. And I've got a word for someone today. God has ordained victory for you and your family and your ministry and your future. Today, God's. I rebuke every fear that comes against the church in this hour. You've got a right to be set free by the power of God. Hallelujah, in the midst of all the abomination, the outrage, the disgrace, the hatred, the detestable things that are taking place in our world, there is one that you can connect with this morning and his name is Jesus. Connect with him and he will become your mediator. Connect with him and he will become your high priest. Pray to him and he will become your eternal God. Pray to him and he will become the one who will walk into your life this morning with righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. And he is ready to save you. He's ready to deliver you. He's ready to bless you. He's ready to keep you in the midst of innumerable evils. Jesus Christ is the one that will compass you with his power and his grace and his mercy. Yesterday family prayer this scripture came to my mind it's Psalm chapter 40 and verse number 12 it simply goes like this for innumerable evils have compassed me about mine iniquities have taken hold upon me so that I am not able to look up they are more than the hairs of my head therefore my heart faileth me What a predicament. What a challenge. Innumerable evils. Is there anyone in this room that have, the last few months you've ever just felt like, what is this? Innumerable evils. It doesn't mean you're evil. It means it's the things that are oppressing and things that are surrounding us. Innumerable evils have compassed me about my iniquities have taken hold upon me. I'm not even able to look up. And my heart, my heart fails me when I think of this. And yesterday in prayer, Brother Bethel uh, led us in prayer and he made some statements that quickened this scripture to my mind and I shared it with them. And it goes like this in Luke chapter 13. And Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity. Remember what David said, innumerable evils have compassed about me. This scripture says that this woman had a spirit of infirmity for 18 years. And infirmity is something that comes from without a healing that you need in the physical body is something that comes from within the body but an infirmity which can affect you physically it is an outside source it is not an adamic source from within it is an attack from the outside so this woman had the spirit of infirmity 18 years and she was bowed together that sounds like what we're reading here in psalm 40 in so much that David said, I was not able to look up. In Luke 13, she was bowed over and in no wise could lift herself up. Jesus comes to that synagogue on that Sabbath. And when he saw her, he called her to him and said unto her, watch this woman, thou art loosed from thine infirmity. The next verse says, and he laid his hands on her. And immediately she was made straight and glorified God. And the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation because that Jesus had healed on the Sabbath and said unto the people, there are six days in which men ought to work. In them therefore come and be healed, not on the Sabbath. The Lord then answered that ruler of the synagogue and he said, thou hypocrite. Doth not each one of you on the Sabbath loose his ox or his ass from the stall and lead him away to watering? In other words, you can do that on the Sabbath. You can take care of your animals on the Sabbath. And ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, who Satan hath bound, lo, these 18 years, be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath day? The innumerable evils had compassed her about. It was an attack from hell. It was an attack from Satan. It was an attack from the evil one that had her bowed over. It was an affliction. It was an outside source that came against her. And when Jesus saw her, he called her to himself and said, Woman, thou art loosed from thine infirmity. The next verse, watch it carefully. This is what the Lord showed me. I've never seen this before until yesterday morning. The next verse says, and he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. All of my ministry I have preached, the reason Jesus laid his hand on her was to demonstrate the ministry of the laying on of hands. You've heard me say this across the pulpit, that when Jesus said, woman, thou art loosed from thine infirmity, she could have been loosed from the physical and the spiritual attack at the same time. I preached for years that Jesus laid his hands on her to demonstrate the ministry of the laying on of hands. And while that is true, there is a difference between what Jesus was dealing with on that day. Because this woman had an affliction, and an infirmity I should say, that came from the enemy. When it came to the enemy that had surrounded her with innumerable evils, Jesus spoke to it. Jesus said, Woman, thou art loosed from thine infirmity. Just like he said to the man among the tombs in Gadara that was demon possessed with a legion of 10,000 demons, Jesus spoke to it and said, It has to go. The first thing Jesus dealt with that, that day, and I saw this yesterday, the first thing that Jesus dealt with was the infirmity or the attack of hell against her. And he said, Woman, thou art loosed from thine infirmity. And when he cast the evil out, and when he cast the spirit of the devil out of that room, then he laid his hands on her and took care of her physical condition. I preach to you today that there are some, and the Holy Ghost has revealed this to me, there are some today that you are bowed over because the enemy has brought fear, and you're not demon-possessed, you're not demon-possessed, but the enemy has has brought oppression and depression against you until innumerable evils have compassed you about and you're not able to look up. I come in the authority of this word, the word of God, and in the name of Jesus, we say devil, you have to go with all of your infirmity. And we are going to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. I'm telling you, God is in this house to heal people spiritually and he's here to heal people physically in the name of Jesus. Would you clap your hands under the Lord? And that concludes this podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please like, share, and subscribe. And for those of you on iTunes, leave us a good rating. Thank you for listening to the NLCC Lancaster Podcast.